Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your host, sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again. And today we have Dr. Adam Matthews, couples therapist. Welcome. Oh, it's good to be here, Lori. You know, today we're going to talk about his and her fantasy both what they are, what they might be, and what to do when fantasies run against each other and one person's fantasy doesn't match the others or one resists that. And I know that this comes up so many times in couples' work. Yeah, and I see a lot of couples that are a little bit resistant to the idea of fantasy in their relationship. In general. In general, yeah, and want to know what is the purpose that it serves? What is the main way that they can use fantasy in their relationship and not be scared of it? Mm-hmm. Do you see this as a question yeah, in your couples I, I as well? I think so, absolutely. And I think people, the first thing they think of is the fantasy that my partner might be having about another. Mm. That fantasy might feel very threatening. But I think a broader sense of fantasy can range from a preference to an actual film in our head about an act that we've seen or a sexual scene that we've seen or something in imagination or a memory that we've participated in those could be fantasies as well yeah and then so bringing that into the relationship then is probably very vulnerable and and very um exposing for whichever member of the couple is bringing it into the relationship i don't think that women can really turn on sexually unless they have some sort of imagination going on though i mean i think they have to have what we would call fantasy and what i sometimes call to be softer an imagination or can you dream about something that you would really like to happen between you and your partner without that mental turn on i just don't think women turn on physically as easily so you think that they're using it already whether they know that they're using fantasy or or they should oh i mean that they should use it as a bridge into desire and to get themselves ready. Yeah, Yeah, and I'm wondering about the difference between how men use fantasy and how women use Mm -hmm. fantasy. What do you hear from the men in your practice? What do they say about their fantasy? Well, I think that they are often, it's more kind of what you initially started describing there, that it's not always about their partner, but it's always not 
not about their partner. I don't know if, they, sure. if, that, if that makes sense. The fantasy may be very generic and it can be filled by almost anybody, but that the fantasy is about something that is somewhat unattainable in, in one sense. The classic that you, you might hear is Princess Leia in the gold bikini uh-huh. uh, type of fantasy. They're <laughs> right. like fantasies that they have seen that have happened. They may get from culture. They may get from just their own personal experience. But generally, it is, it's not relational, I guess, is what, mm-hmm. is what I would say. It's an idealized sexual fantasy yes, idealized. that excites That's them sexually. Yes, yeah, very yeah. idealized. And I, th- I think that women sometimes get afraid of a male fantasy of you want this instead of me. And mm. it doesn't necessarily mean that. It could just be, no, I just I just think this is hot. Yeah, this is just a turn just, on. This is exciting. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. And yeah, I thought about that. And I don't think that every fantasy needs to be shared with our partner yeah. or talked about. But I think we are eventually going to talk about that in this podcast about the things that people do share with each other and mm. how can they do that. But yeah, I think you're right. And I think that... A male fantasy is often more genitally based. Mm. I mean, it's about the act. It's about something that is being done. It's about sex. Yeah. yeah. And and I would say most females um, don't necessarily fantasize about the act. Mm. They might also fantasize about the date, mm. about the dinner that's going to be had together, about the romance. I, I mean... I would say even my own husband is disappointed in my sexual fantasies (laughs) (laughs) because they're not as explicit as he wants them to be. You know, I mean, I think one time I remember saving up and finding this passage in this book that I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to share with him this really vulnerable Mm -hmm. sexual fantasy that I have. And, you know, about five minutes into reading it to him, I looked over and he's like snoring, you know, he's like fast asleep. I'm like, honey, how could you do that to me? You know, I've, yeah. I've never told you this. And, it, and he's like, you know, but you didn't, where was the fantasy? You never got to it. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that was the fantasy. So, so am I understanding you right that for women, it's a lot more emotional. It's a lot more about connection. It's a lot more relationship about the setting about, the setting, about yeah. how sex is approached about the build-up perhaps yeah i think so uh, it's sort of like a woman fantasizes about christmas eve mm. the dinner the lighting the yeah. dress up the wrapping of the presents the anticipation yeah. and a man often fantasizes about christmas morning open yeah. the present just rip get off the it. paper get on with yeah. it open it up see what you got yeah exactly yeah Okay. Yeah. Because I think men could just jump into fantasy very quickly. Like it could just be, we're in it. Yeah. Yeah, With no buildup at all. Right. And their mind is filled with sexual fantasy, I think, because their body is pumped full of testosterone. Mm -hmm. And so that keeps them just sort of full of fuel. Yeah. You know, so any woman walking by, any little innuendo, any joke, anything they see on the internet or on television or wherever, I mean, boom, you know, it's sex. It's a sexual fantasy. Whereas for women, it's not really like that. I think yeah. they're sort of gathering Kindle. Yeah. What's the word? Kindle. Well, Kindle. Kindling wood. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. Okay. And I, to get it started, I, to get the fire started. To get the fire. Yeah. Thank you. I, I couldn't think of anything, but <laughs> they're not gathering those electronic books. That's, no, that's not what I meant. Yeah. The old word. Right. And so they're, they're making way for this by collecting sexual images and ideas mm. sort of throughout the day, whereas I think men are already ignited. Yeah. But you do think it's important to share the fantasies that you're having with your partner at I'm, some point. Not necessarily. Okay. I think it's important to bring to our partner our sexual ideas mm. so that we can form a sexual life that is to our liking. Okay. 
but not necessarily. I mean, it depends on the fantasy, right? I mean, right. it depends on what it is and how threatened your partner is with it. But you can say, look at, you know, this is something I really want to try with you. Yeah. You know, I'd love it if you'd dress up like this, or I'd love it if you'd touch me like that, or I would love us to go do it in the backyard on the trampoline, or I'd love yeah. us to try it here, there, or the other place. Or I think bringing the fantasy into a request, forming it and shaping it as a request is is one way of really designing the sex life so that you get the excitement out of it that you need. Yeah, that sounds like being really intentional about your sexual life, Mm -hmm. that the fantasies that you're having may be things that you want to pour into your your sexual life, and being intentional about that is what you're saying is important. Uh, I, I think so. And I mean, certainly some people are free enough to say, hey, you know, I saw this woman and I just thought she was so hot and mm-hmm. their partner is not threatened by that. By and that's and sometimes that keeps the eroticism mm-hmm. between the couple, right? If they're safe enough to share that sort of thing versus the secret fantasy. And I want to be clear here. We're not talking about fantasies of wishing to actually be with someone else. We're yes. talking about just how our minds work. Yeah. You know, that we're sexual beings and sexual creatures and we have imaginations about sex and that's normal. And I think it's important, um, well, it feels important for women to understand that men, for this, this is constantly going. This all is almost nonstop. All the time. And yeah. it's not about, like you said, a desire to be with somebody else. If you're young enough. I, you're, I will say. <laughs> it slows down. I, I will say it does. Some of my older male clients say, well, I don't think about it like I used to, like every yeah. four seconds, you know, now... You know, yeah, I think about sex a few times a day, but it's not as... It, but men, I don't think it has to be as constant. Yeah, but, well, but men, that's how we, we construct it. Typically, construct mm-hmm. it in fantasy. It's, right. it's, in, it's in a story. It's in, it, that's how the frame for sex, when we're thinking about it, that's the framework of it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just how, how it works. Absolutely. No, it's yeah. a great thing. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I wish I could be male to experience <laughs> that sort of level of testosterone and how exciting that would be. Yeah. 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 And then for men, understanding that women to participate in a woman's fantasy and to have her participate in ours, that there's there's got to be some of that, the buildup and consideration of her relational and emotional fantasy that goes into that. So yeah, that I think so too. And I have a great example. Let's come back to that after this break. You're listening to Poor Play Radio Sex Therapy with Dr. Adam Matthews and sex therapist Lori Watson. Wanting Sex Again, How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them, it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy improve your sex and improve your relationship with awakening center for couples and intimacy find out more at awakenloveandsex.com and sign up for their next couples retreat weekend hosted by Lori watson awakenloveandsex.com awaken what's possible
Okay, we're back with Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy and sex therapist Lori Watson and Dr. Adam Matthews, couples therapist. And today we're talking about his and her fantasies, what they are, what to do about them, how to share them, if to share them. And Adam, I was thinking as we were talking in on break that, you know, a lot of what I've just said is stereotypical. I, yeah. I got to say, women have explicit genital sexual fantasies sometimes. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. And they want certain things to happen in bed. So it's not like they never think about that. Yeah. And I think men sometimes would like a little setup. Yeah. Well, I think know? the relational part is compo- the relational and emotional component is definitely important for men mm-hmm. as well, even if we deny it. So, yeah, everybody seems to be different. But there are some things that maybe we can say that are pretty standard, common differences maybe between men and women. Would you yeah. say that? Is that, yeah. is that I, fair? I would say so in general. I think one common fantasy I hear from women, and we're not necessarily going to talk about all the fantasies at this point, but is the wish for more male energy Mm. about relationship and act, which feels crazy because I think men are holding back their energy for fear that they'll be rejected. Mm. And then women go ahead and fantasize the great seducer with all this talent and his burst of desire for her and, you know, how aroused he is in the moment you know, which sometimes boils down, unfortunately, in a married relationship to, um, do you want to have sex tonight? Yeah. You know, and so that gets tamped down. And both of them, I think, need to acknowledge fantasy and how that plays out. And maybe this is where they need to share with each other what they really yeah. want, because they may be holding back the very thing that would excite them. Yeah. And I think men are sometimes scared about being perceived as dirty or for lack of a better only word, wanting or, one thing or a horn dog or something right. like kind right. of trying to come label like that that and not as nuanced caveman like whatever the, the stereotypical cultural term for that is mm-hmm. but and somehow they they it's bad yes it's bad that their sexual energy is somehow or another bad and not what women want yeah and so yeah, they so I they agree. hide that i yeah. agree they hide that and they take that away from the sexual relationship to protect the woman from this thing that ha- they've been labeled bad or they get the feeling that they're bad and then the relationship goes flat. Yeah. 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 And, and it leaves and both of them unfulfilled. Flat, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, it becomes very hard when you want to feel that your partner does not see you as wants to participate in the sexual relationship as much as as much as you do. And I think women do. And so some women do. Yeah. And and you're right though. I think some men and obviously I'm skewed because as a sex therapist who I see in my office is frequently the low desire woman yeah. and the higher desire male. And, you know, it's it's so disheartening. I mean, there's so many jokes about it, right? Yeah. You know, the best... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Anti-aphrodisiac food is wedding cake. And, you know, all of that kind of stuff gets played in. And and this fear in men of bait and switch. Well, you were sexual before and you're not sexual now. Mm. And all of that. And somehow or another, they get labeled as the bad one. Mm. Uh, Wanting sex is somehow or another bad. Yeah. And and relating that back to kind of the, the fantasies, I think the fantasies, that tends to be the way a lot of times that we communicate about sex. And so... 
when there's fear there of being rejected or there's fear that another person isn't going to be on the same page with their fantasies is that we just don't end up talking about sex at all. And so I'm wondering too, when that happens, have you had clients where their fantasies just don't line up or one person is rejecting of another person's family, the other fantasies and how you begin to kind of deal with that? Over and over. I have that. And it, it can be either way. I had a woman who she was having sex about once a quarter. And she said, you know, I think I would have sex about twice a week mm-hmm. if you could do some of these things. And her fantasy list was simple, didn't cost anything. It was like, shave before you come to bed, take a shower, wear your cowboy boots, light a candle. I mean, mm-hmm. most of them free. Doable. Doable, yeah. simple, and free. And his sense was, no, I, I don't want to do all that crap. I mean, sex should just be natural. Mm. It should just happen. Spontaneously out of the Spontaneously. Because I think what you're saying, he was feeling all that sexual fantasy. Mm. And that was the way he thought about sex. And this other setup fantasy was not his. Mm. And he didn't want to do that. It felt like work. And I think, likewise, a male fantasy, maybe for a particular act, Yep. You know, I want to do this. I mean, the number one fantasy for men really is for oral sex. And, of course, in this office, I hear a lot of women who don't want to do that. And I know yeah. we're we're not going to talk about oral sex today necessarily, yeah. but what do you do if this is something deeply important and intrinsic to your sexuality and your partner doesn't want to do that? It almost feels, from the conversations that I've had with couples, it seems to almost be a rejection of themselves in, mm-hmm. in one sense, like I've shared this fantasy with you. You don't want to do it. In some cases, you may demonstrate, send a message that you're repulsed by it or you're, right. it's the complete opposite of turning you on. Uh-huh. And so then it feels like it's a rejection of the person themselves, right. and, which I seems, mean, because seems deeply our, personal. Yeah, our sexual self, I think, is so vulnerable and so deeply rooted in who we are to put something out there of what you want or what you like is a vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes people aren't careful with that. They don't realize that the person, what they're asking for is a part of who they are. And so they'll just be blatantly rejecting. Oh, that's disgusting. That's gross. I would never want to do that. Not realizing that maybe the person took some courage to put yeah. it out there. Yeah. And it's part and parcel to who they are. How does a couple begin to move past that? I mean, I think somebody out there might say, well, I guess I just have to do it or I have to participate in something that I don't want to or doesn't turn me on, uh, like like that I have to just kind of <laughs> grin and bear it, so to speak. And that's so soulless, right? Yeah, If, it's if so your partner empty. just agrees to do it that way. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it would be difficult to get pleasure out of the act that you want. Yeah. If your partner is saying, well, okay, I'll do it. I'll give it to you. I mean, it's like... Okay, just lay down and think of England. I mean, that, that is that is so soulless. Yeah, absolutely. It's not um, connecting either. I, I think that in a good sexual life, even if our partner asks us something to do something and brings a fantasy about how they want it to go that night or how mm. the, the direction of the sex life that they want to take, I think we have to be very careful, very tactful, and very respectful, realizing that even if my initial reaction is you know, worry, fear, disgust, whatever it is to know that this, I'm going to be with this person forever. Mm. We're in a monogamous commitment and I need to find a way to think clearly about what they're asking for and not be reactive, which of course is the center point of all communication, right? right. Is to take down our reactivity 
and to react and to have some curiosity. Yeah. Both sides. I, you know, I tell the person who hears something that they really don't want to do is, first of all, be curious. You know, is this something that you just want to talk about mm-hmm. and we don't actually need to do? Like, let's say they feel like I, I could never do that in a million years. Would my partner be satisfied with a lesser expression of it? Mm-hmm. You know, if we just talk about doing it and how exciting it sounds to you, would that be fun and exciting? Or do we need to act it out for you to be fulfilled? So it's asking a lot of questions, it sounds like. Right. You know, maybe he says, well, I, I want to tie you up. And she says, you know, that feels too controlling. I feel afraid of that. I would never want to do that. But maybe if they asked enough questions, they would get down to something that was acceptable. Maybe she could hold on to some scarves tied to the bedpost mm. and be psychologically tied up. And he would find that really exciting and really yeah. great. You know, so, I mean, there are often ways to Vari- fulfill. Variations on it. Is variations, what yeah. right. And sometimes I think you come up against a sexual fantasy that you want and your partner is not going to do mm. and is never going to do. And how do you cope with that disappointment mm. when your partner says flat out, no, never go in there, never going to do it? Yeah. What do you see in this? One of the things that I hear you talking about, something that I try to talk about with couples as well, which is a respect for each other in this. That I'm going to respect your fantasy, first of all, that I'm going to respect that side of you and not reject it and ask questions mm-hmm. about it, but that I'm also going to respect your ability to say no to mm-hmm. me and right. and have a openness that says, we're going to have a fulfilling sex life. We're going to work it out together and we're going to find something that both of us find fulfilling. It's almost like the compromise of, I don't like Chinese food. You don't like burgers. So we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to go get, but we both like Mexican. Mexican. Yeah, that's right. You know, something like that, that like, but I respect your choices, both the choices, the the desires that you have and the ones that you don't. I like that. I really like that, that the respect is more important. And out of that respect, perhaps they find compromise that is still Mm -hmm. exciting and fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. But one act alone, even if it would be disappointing not to have that, doesn't necessarily define everything. I think that's one of the keys because if if I feel, and this is what I hear a lot of people, well, if I can't have this fantasy, then we just can't have a fulfilling sex life. Or if we can't do it this way, mm-hmm. it's not going to be fulfilling. That's the part that I hope that people can move away from. And there's lots of different ways to be cut fulfilled. that pie. Yeah, Right. And as much as I think uh, the one party needs to respect the no, I think the other party needs to examine the no on the inside. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, that's good. What, what is it about that you really feel you can't do this? Mm. Is it an act that was pushed on you at some point? That would be a worst-case scenario. Was it something that you, know, you learned in childhood was bad about this act? Was it your own sort of obsessive-compulsive parts? Like I think I deal with a lot of clients, who, men and women, who don't like the smells, juices, mm-hmm. you know, flavors and tastes of sexuality and of the sex act. And they need to kind of grow beyond that. And they can, but they've never realized it isn't hardwired in them because they mm. haven't analyzed it enough. Yeah. And so that seems to me to be about us growing together in our sex life. So I examine me, you examine you, and we're going to grow 
together to make it better than it is right now. That's mm-hmm. it seems to talk about the intentionality we were talking about before. Of we're going to we're going to grow this thing together and it's going to be something that we both want. I like that. And I would say that's the tip of the day, right? That if you approach a real difference, there needs to be both respect and self-analysis yeah. in order to work it all the way through. So, I love that. Thank you, Dr. Adam Matthews for being with us and talking about his and her fantasies and what they are and how to get through to each other when you have some differences. You're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist, Lori Watson, an author of Wanting Sex Again. You can find us on the web at foreplayrst.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, so join us and give us your comments. We'd love to hear from you, and that'll help direct our show. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.